Listen in to find out how you can create helpful content for your pharmacy's patients. I interview Jason Berwick-Lewis from Healthy Startups. Plus, all the final details ahead of Pharmacy Freedom next week. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, most importantly, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build a smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours, and we are at episode 23. This is a very special episode for me because it is the last podcast I can talk to you before Pharmacy Freedom, which I simply cannot wait to bring to all of you physically at the Melbourne Convention Centre on August 14th and also virtually uh, via the realms of the internet to everywhere, all the corners of the globe. We're now live in 50 countries. We did crack the big 5-0 and I do congratulate Lithuania on becoming our 50th country. So much to get through today. I want to give you all the final details of everything that you can expect leading up to Pharmacy Freedom next week. But before I do that for you, Another very big announcement, and how much bigger does it get? Robertstar.com, my website, what I've been working on for a couple of months now, is live today. So I'd love everyone to check it out, rip it apart, find all the things wrong with it. I would love to get some feedback from you as to what you think it is all about, and also any feedback of things that you think you'd love to see on the site as well. It's going to be the permanent home for the Transformation podcast, so you will be able to get all of the show notes, all of the things we've been talking about over the last few months that unfortunately I've been so busy getting everything ready for Pharmacy Freedom, the Transformation book, and obviously getting these podcasts out to you every week. I haven't maintained it, but now that we've got an out, we've got a home for Transformation, of committing to get that all back up and running for you and you'll be able to comment. There's a great area where you can put discussions under all of the new podcasts that go out. I'd love to hear from you and certainly it's a nice home for us to get to. It's mobile optimized so don't worry if you're not behind a computer. You can access it anywhere, anytime you like as well. And of course, you can book in for Pharmacy Freedom via that site as well. It will link through to the Pharmacy Freedom Eventbrite site. Some interesting news that you may be interested in. How are we going with our tickets? Well, we are sold out. We are simply sold out. The event has reached its capacity. We're now sold out. There may be the odd ticket or two that may come up on Eventbrite from time to time if people are on the wait list at the moment. Because if you are on the wait list, if someone doesn't RSVP and they don't want to come along, you'll be the first one to grab their ticket and be able to come along to Pharmacy Freedom. So if you do go on the site and you do book, please jump on the wait list and we'll be RSVPing everyone next week to make sure that they're going to fill the seat and that you don't miss out. And of course, if you cannot make it to it, our live broadcast will fill the void very nicely. And because we're sold out now, I'm extremely happy to announce that our Victorian residents and our pharmacy owners are welcome to register for the live broadcast and we've removed that as a uh, as as a block and you'll be able to have full streaming access on the day as well so i can't wait to see as many of you virtually some great news with our video team you'll be able to comment all the way through the whole uh 
Pharmacy Freedom Broadcast. Put all your questions up there as you think about it. The team are going to be throwing up some content as to what's going on on the day. And also, all those questions that you throw up there as well, at 10 o'clock on the day, you won't have to change channels. You won't have to go anywhere else. The question and answer session that was going to be a Google Hangout is now just going to be a continuation of the live broadcast as we have that functionality to be able to give you the opportunity to comment along with it as well. So... All the details are there for you. Register on the Eventbrite site for the live broadcast and you'll be sent the dedicated link so that you don't miss a thing on the day as well. There's some big names coming to the coming to the event as well. I can't tell everyone who it is, uh, but there are some, the biggest names in our industry are coming to the event, which I can't wait to see them and uh, obviously introduce myself to some of them that I may not know already personally. But if you're coming along on the day, boy, have we got a good lineup, and you'll be rubbing shoulders with some of the biggest names in the industry. So I look forward to uh, obviously seeing everyone on the day myself, but certainly the caliber of people coming along um, is fantastic as well. So some people may find a great networking opportunity at nine o'clock as well to hang around and uh, speak to some of these people as well, representative some of the biggest brands, some of the biggest chains in the country, some of the organizations in the peak bodies, I think you'll be well and truly uh, enjoying that experience in the networking at nine o'clock as well. But before we get started with our interview today, which is with Jason Berrick Lewis, and we'll get into that shortly, and, and that's you know got incredible value for any of you who have been wondering how to start content marketing in your business, a great starting point for you there. But one, one thing I thought I'd leave you with is just to run through the experience that you'll get on the day. And of course, if you are on the wait list or you want to join the wait list, this is what you'll get if the tickets become available. We're going to be asking everyone who's already bought a ticket if they're going to be coming along and if they don't you'll be the first one to jump on so this is what you're going to get on the day everyone will come in probably about seven o'clock set ten past seven we've got the barista all set up ready to go you'll be able to grab a freshly brewed brewed or pressed uh, espresso cup of coffee made exactly how you like it and you'll be able to come in at seven at seven ten and be able to take your seat and uh, find the right place for you on the on the day you have a, a two-course breakfast served to you from 7.30. Uh, I can't tell you quite right now. I'd realize I'd probably be leaving the surprise of the menu, but it is going to be a fantastic menu. You will not be disappointed, and you will not be leaving empty-stomached. Uh, absolutely not. Um, I'll be coming on at 7.45, and I'll give you my best presentation that I've ever done. So I'm really looking forward to that. There's so much has gone into that, and I'm really looking forward to showing you my best keynote around why there has never been a better time for a pharmacy owner to embrace technology and to start building that smarter, more successful 21st century business. You'll see how the world's changed, how other industries are kicking some fantastic goals with technology in their business, how that can be brought into your business, and you will leave knowing exactly what you to do, need to do to become more operationally efficient, build a more patient-centric business model and have smart technology helping you scale and grow in your business as well. It's going to be fantastic. George is going to come on in between and then I'll come back to share with you how you can take your personally signed copy of transformation from your bag and be able to put that into action and use the tools that I've developed to support you 
in that experience as well and how you'll be able to do that effectively in your pharmacy in 12 months. It's gonna be fantastic. I can't wait to bring that to you as well. As I said last week, if you're a solo pharmapreneur, as I like to call them, as, as everyone is in small business, I think we're all entrepreneurs, you can still get locum assistance from the pharmaceutical locum company who will have um, locums uh, anywhere, anywhere around the country they can get to you as well. And finally, this day could not be possible if it wasn't for the platinum sponsorship of Dose Innovations. They've supported us so fantastically. They're going to have a stand on the day. I encourage you all to visit them personally and see how they can help you in your business. They do a fantastic job. They've got some great automation products that can really help you to separate your logistics from your clinical flow in your pharmacy so that you can help find some extra time to spend with your patients. Our interview today is with Jason Barek Lewis. He's a healthcare social media and content thought leader, and he's the founder and consultant of Healthy Startups, which help health innovation companies with PR, social media, and content marketing. Jason Barek Lewis, welcome to the Transformation Show. Thank you so much, Robert. How are you going? Ah, oh, fantastic, fantastic. Well, fantastic for a cold Melbourne morning, as I'm sure you're uh, quite familiar with being in Melbourne as well. Um, Jason, I just wanted to give our listeners a little bit of a background. They, they, I guess they know what you do now, but in terms of uh, what, what, why you believe that um, health innovation companies can benefit from your skills and also why they should focus on PR, social media, content marketing, which is really your specialty. Sure, thank you. The biggest challenge we have right now for any industry, but healthcare in particular as well, is the amount of noise that's around. There are so many blogs, social media channels, uh, social media accounts, websites, news, uh, news um, channels, podcasts. How do you get through the noise? How do you get to patients so that they understand the services that you provide and the benefits that you provide in working together with them to manage their health? So that's to me the big challenge and that's what I'm helping uh, my clients with. And the kind of content that I produce uh, around healthcare marketing on healthystartups.com is focused on helping people to understand how to tell their story and how to get it out there in a way that's gonna drive some action. Ultimately, I think that's the big, um, the big hook that's missing at the moment, particularly around uh, health education and putting out information about how to manage healthcare um, and using apps and all the, all the like for patients and, and, and for medical professionals, what do you actually get as the output of that? How do you change behavior or how do you improve healthcare outcomes? So that's really what I'm focused on, helping people to achieve. Yeah, no, look, that, I think that's terrific. And, uh, you know, we focused on, on our show quite a number of times on the different um, bits of content or at least efforts in social media or in websites and blogs from our pharmacy owners in Australia. And I think we're all quite guilty of probably sounding like a bit like a siren where we're just pushing a lot of uh, product and price and uh, really not solving any patient problems. So I think what we'd love to be able to solve today for, for all of our motivated pharmacy owner listeners is what is the best starting point to try to arrest that trend? And for those pharmacy owners that already have blogs, and also perhaps Facebook sites and websites that are very product and price and um, you know service focused. Um, what they can do to start telling their story um, and start offering really helpful content to their patients. Sure, I think the important thing you touched on there is helpful content. So in the past, marketing and advertising and promoting a pharmacy or any health service 
has really been about buy, 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 come, come, come into us and we'll fill your script, we'll treat you, we'll manage your healthcare. It's all been push, push messages and why one brand of pharmacy is better than another or one medical clinic or one uh, medication treatment or the like is better than the other. And there's not really been that opportunity for consumers or patients to have a feedback mechanism into that. So what we have now with sites like Facebook and Twitter is we have this opportunity for a mass conversation, uh, a conversation beyond scale, not even at scale. And so pharmacy is in a really interesting position in the healthcare industry in that it's most, mostly the most uh, consumer-facing or retail-facing element of the healthcare sector. And bygone years, you would have had to do some you know, sort of market research or track your competitors uh, using some pretty complex tools and very expensive tools. Now you can do this very quickly, very easily, very cheaply on social media by uh, setting up things like Twitter searches and doing keyword searches and just watching what people are talking about on, on platforms like Facebook and Twitter. And that creates an opportunity for your pharmacy to jump into the conversation. Mm, no, absolutely, and I think also the, the the other side that that which is probably a good segue there is how to jump in and and what we should be doing. I think you know a lot of a lot of our fellow pharmacy owners have been probably scared off by the possibility that we may have angry patients or we may have the wrong type of people um, trying to sit on our sites and cause trouble and that it's easier to hide and not be in the face of that. Um, but look, I've always been a big believer that we're better off having the conversation, trying to channel it appropriately and allowing the masses to decide whether our actions have been credible or respectful. What, what is your view on that? You've got two choices really in in in, uh, in the modern world, so to speak, or the or the social media driven world. You can stick your head in the sand and pretend that it's not happening, or you can get involved. The vast majority of Australians, for example, are on Facebook. If you're not on Facebook, you're not part of the conversation. Your customers don't know you exist. I mean, that sounds scary, but it's the reality. People are spending a lot of time on these sites, and they are gaining information from their friends and from interactions with their friends and from recommendations from their friends. So if you're active in that space and you can provide value and you can provide information that people benefit from, people will share that and that builds up your credibility and it builds up your positioning as a trusted source of content but also a trusted source of, of uh, healthcare provision or, or services, uh, provision of services and uh, that trust is something that really there wasn't an opportunity to create with one-way communications like radio advertising or newspaper advertising. So if you build up that trust, pharmacy patients who come into your pharmacy will trust you and they'll, they'll be dedicated to you as a, uh, as a point of call for healthcare information advice as well as obviously the simple things like getting the scripts filled. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I think even scaling back a little bit further is just trying to understand what the right starting point is. Um, you know, I have seen some pharmacy owners on different Facebook and blog sites just really reproducing health information cards that we may have traditionally had on a spinner stand in our pharmacies to yes. try to generate content, which 
is really a, a cookie a cookie cutter approach, and we're not and it's not relevant to every patient or specific subgroups. And you know, I've always felt that you know we need to understand our customer segments better to know what is the right content. But I guess what would you say is the is the best starting point for any pharmacy owner listening today? for generating the right content and at least starting that journey? It's almost counterintuitive, right? But the reason why people come into your pharmacy or one of the reasons why you can you can build that or path to building that customer trust is because of the pharmacist, because of the pharmacist and the attention that, that, that a pharmacist pays to a patient in terms of filling their script. But when the patient comes in to pick up the script, it's like, Hi, Mr. Jones. You've picked up your script for Warfarin today. How's your INR going? Or you know, that's just one example. That's the retail element of pharmacy, which is very personable. Yeah, we should be approaching social media in exactly the same way. Social media is the opportunity to have that really personable conversation at scale. So instead of um, pumping out, you know, very dry posts, that's like uh, today is uh, a cold day in Melbourne. Come in and find out about getting treatments for cold and flus, yeah. talk about it from a really uh, more personal point of view. So you could say, you know, put something out there about, you know, are you struggling to get your kids to school today because their noses are running and everyone's feeling down? We've got some tips on how you can manage cold and flu in winter or, you know, make it more personable, more relevant to people's lives and that positions yourself as a support to them and that's really what uh, I think patients or customers are looking for now. They're looking for support. They're looking for information. They're looking for people who will understand their needs. And by opening up or putting that kind of information out on social media, you're opening up an opportunity for people to talk to you. And that's your market research, really. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, that, that example you touched on there is really just paying respect to that, you know, that, that huge segment in pharmacy of the, the mum that looks after the whole family, the young, the old. That's right. Um, the uh, the husband who's playing uh, playing uh, with a with a bad cold that's made out to be worse. Um, you know, obviously that's a that's that's a big segment, and and I guess perhaps it even goes a bit further back if if the pharmacy understanding what they need to be what they are known for um, and what their niche is. I I think far too many of us in the past, and um, we may have touched on this in a previous episode, have uh, tried to stake our flag in the ground in too many places and uh, and not really being specialised in any particular areas and playing to, I think, the strengths of our community and obviously our professional clinical skills. Um, I guess, is there any exercise that you take take your clients through, Jason, that helps them identify, you know, what it is that they want to be known for and, and, and what they should be concentrating their content on? I'm a passionate advocate for niche marketing. And what I mean by that is exactly what you're touching on there. You can try and be all things to everybody and you will end up pleasing no one and have a very weak, diluted message. But... Obviously, I don't know the circumstances of each individual pharmacist or pharmacy that's listening to this program, mm. but nobody will know their customers better or their patients' needs better than the actual pharmacy. So if you know that you've got, you're operating in an area perhaps where there's a, a high demographic of older older uh, Australians, where perhaps their, their kids who are, <coughs> I hate to use the word kids because I'm thinking of my parents, <laughs> but you know their kids are baby boomers, uh, so their kids will be in the 60s and they may be 
fifties and sixties, they may be playing the role of managing their parents' healthcare. So don't so target your information to supporting those people who are coming in to fill the script for mum or dad to understand the, their needs in, the, in terms of them managing their life, their own health, and then having to manage the health of their own parents as well. So you're really sort of trying to understand and look at what are people coming in to this pharmacy for, what, what help do they need, can I go and get some information sheets from um, even more, more than a, a CMI, but you know, going to some of the uh, non-profit organisations like an arthritis organisation or a heart organisation or a Parkinson's organisation, if you've got those kind of patients or people coming in for those kind of treatments and printing off a couple of fact sheets, bits of mm. information so that it's trusted information. One of the big challenges and I, that pharmacy I think is very well placed to meet is that there is just so much information available for a patient online. And if you're coming in uh, for the first time taking a new medication like an antidepressant or uh, or a cardiac treatment or a treatment for an arthritic situation, you're going to need that information. You're going to be perhaps worried or concerned about your relative or about yourself. What, why am I taking this? What do I need to know about it? What impact is it going to have on me? So a pharmacist is or a pharmacy is really well placed to say, here's the customer medicine information sheet. Uh, that you can read. Here's some uh, latest blog posts that we've written perhaps about managing pain or, or managing cardiac symptoms or managing arthritic issues or whatever the issue is. So you're doing that bit of added value. And uh, I'll give you an example if I, if mm. I can quickly. Yeah. I was put on, I've got a chronic heart condition. I was put on a new medication a couple of years ago and feeling very anxious about it. It was the first new medication that I'd taken in, in a number of years. I really wasn't sure what was uh, going to be the impact of this. And uh, my GP, I, I mean, I love my GP, but he, he was rushed. GPs are rushed. Didn't have a lot of time to explain the medication to me. So when I went and filled the script, my pharmacist said to me, oh, by the way, Jason, I noticed you haven't had a script filled for this medication before. What do you know about it? And I said, well, actually, I'm terrified. I don't know what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And I had a good 10, 15-minute conversation with my pharmacist who did the, I mean, it was essentially a walking, talking, living, breathing CMI, hmm. um, but really built a massive amount of trust with me through doing that. And subsequently, guess what? I haven't filled my scripts anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's that's being obviously helpful and being able to, you know, filter the right information, you know, to allay your fears. And I that's think right. I think that's our, our biggest role as pharmacists is to be be that trusted filter. You know, we've never had a time in the world where we've had patients walking into our businesses with more information um, and being that's able right. to search on Google while they're waiting in the aisle. And if they haven't got a pharmacist to talk to, them searching what they need to on Google and perhaps being led down the wrong path so i certainly think you know attaching any any content that we have to trusted sources of information and it may even be information that they're familiar with as well um you know we have obviously a lot of mums who come into pharmacies and there's probably more mum blogs and mum yes. content out there written by non-professionals who are claiming to be highly credible in as to deciding what what works and what doesn't and I think if, um, you know, 
pharmacists can take that role of saying, well, yes, there are practical elements, but there are also the uh, clinical and scientific elements. Now let's pull them together to find the best solution for you. I think that's a great conversation to be having. Uh, we live in a world, sorry, Robert, but we're yeah. living in a world now where people are taking uh, more recommendations and taking more action based on information they're getting out of their social circle on Facebook yeah. than necessarily what they listen to from their or hear from their pharmacist or their doctor. So there's a really important almost safety net role I think that pharmacy can play where someone will come in and say, look, my GP's given me a script for this, I've read this about it on Facebook or I've got a friend who's had this symptom or, or whatever. And there's a really important reassurance role that pharmacists can play having that massive amount of content knowledge and that massive amount of, of experience in being very customer focused. Uh, not here to bag GPs, but GPs are not customer focused. They're interested in getting as many people through as quickly as they can because of the way the Medicare benefits schedule is set up. Pharmacists have a little bit more time and have a little bit more uh, opportunity to provide that empathy and support to patients and backing that up with content I think only builds that level of trust. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, and and just changing pace a little bit, a little bit, Jason. The, obviously, content content's big. You know, you can spend a whole lot of time on it, and our pharmacy owners don't have a lot of time. Um, sure. And often, you know, I've felt that um, you know the the worst cases that we've seen where pharmacies have gone headfirst into social media and done it the wrong way is when the owner or the chief pharmacist hasn't had an involvement or at least supervised or filtered the content that's gone out on that pharmacy's behalf. So, what could you recommend for, I guess, very busy pharmacy owners? that don't have a whole lot of time on as to what they could be doing, you know, at least from a starting point with content marketing and generating that content so that it does, it can work for them and there may be ways of being able to in some way automate that process for them. To be honest with you, I'm a very strong advocate against automating social media or okay. content marketing. Uh, and the reason for that is because you you lose that human interaction. But there are some quick and simple ways that you can go about crunching down the time it takes to do this stuff. If you think about perhaps your train commute or, um, or even the 20 minutes that you spend in your car on the way into work, I'm not advocating that you looking uh, at your smartphone on the way <laughs> to work, but uh, something that I used to do uh, years ago when I had a, a blog about PR and marketing as opposed to a blog about healthcare, was uh, I had a short commute to work, so I spent that 10, 15, 20 minutes either listening to a podcast or actually recording like you and I are, recording some thoughts uh, on my phone while I was driving about what I thought a new trend was or something that people needed to know about or cover. And then when I came home that night, I'd be able to write the blog post in about 10 minutes because I'd already done the pre-thinking. So there's a lot of dead time if you think about your day, there's a lot of dead time in your day where um, you might be playing Angry Birds or <laughs> or whatever the latest uh, app is, uh, or you might be on, uh, uh, you know, waiting in line at a bank or, you know, anything where there's some, some quiet time. I think it's an opportunity for you to jot some notes down and think about how you can create something quick and easy. And while people do want depth of information, I think there's a lot of value in 
giving people short, sharp bits and bobs. Yeah. We live in a very attention, uh, attention uh, deficit focused world. Oh, that doesn't make sense. But what I'm trying to say is everyone's attention spans are, are getting smaller and smaller by the minute. Which is why I love Twitter because you you consume everything in 140 characters <laughs> or less. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you can think about that, think about how to how to make it as easy for yourself as a content producer, but also as easy as possible for your content consumer. Um, make it stand out. I don't know if we've got time to go into the details of hashtagging, but hashtags are a really important way of helping people to find your content and to highlight sort of which aspects you're promoting or focusing on. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, we'll touch into social media pretty soon. I think we'll we'll just, obviously, this has been a nice little wrap-up on just generating content. And yes. look, look, I think also, um, I would also probably add that I think even if the pharmacy owner um, or senior pharmacists uh, don't have the time to actually write the blog post and so forth, I think going through that exercise as we were talking, talking before about finding out who are the people that are coming into your pharmacy and what challenges are they facing i think even getting clear on that would make it very easy for another person within the pharmacy to shape content around that message um, but at the same time you know even using the commute and i've done this quite often myself but i love talking and and, and that's obviously why i'm a podcast host is yes. um you know I, you can pull out your obviously your voice recorder and and dictate information through and uh, you know even if you were to hand that dictation over to a team member to be able to format an article for you um, I think that'd be you know obviously another way of uh, getting that content out there and giving it to someone who perhaps can then write it up very nicely for you um, and, uh, and and repost it that's right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think probably as you touched, you know, look, our attention's 140 characters now. And I guess one of the successes of Instagram being that Im an image-based platform is where there is not, where there are very little words that may be embedded in the picture and everything is communicating visually. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So and look, we're going much, much more in that direction. I think uh, the, the visual, the rise of things like Pinterest and Instagram and even the... Uh, Getting your head around things like Vine um, is a huge challenge. It's a very different way of, of marketing. Vine is a is a looping video service. Yeah. Um, very different ways of thinking about marketing, and you're having to crunch your message, really crunch your message down. Uh, it's tough to do it, but once you start getting the skill of how to break things down into the the proverbial 140 characters, it makes you a stronger communicator in all elements of of. Uh, interactions with customers or, or patients absolutely and, and one of and probably one of my earliest episodes of transformation this year was uh, from our pharmacy conference up in the gold coast and um, where i was uh, showing our, our listeners um, how you can follow a, a conference like the pharmacy conference on twitter yes and by actually taking your notes in tweaked format um, it allowed you to get very clear about what the key messages from the speakers were, and I think for anyone picking that up afterwards, and also when I archived mine, it was it was a nice little reference point to come back to as to what was actually going on in those sessions, as opposed to just taking endless notes of things that are on powerpoints and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, obviously the, the the attention that we're seeing now, you know, around even video, and I think that might even be one of one of the ways we could enter into social is that that 
you know, writing blogs and, um, you know, short posts on social media may not be the, the right cup of tea, I think, for every pharmacy owner. If you are someone who loves talking to a camera or talking in general, uh, there may be other ways um, of, of communicating um, to, to your patients. And it potentially uh, could also have that turned into blog posts and so forth. Is, is that something that you see quite frequently, Jason, where video or sound content gets transformed or repurposed as a blog or or social media posts? The more, uh, or the, sorry, I'll do I'll come at it from a different angle than I was going to. Yep. Think about how people learn. There are a lot of different ways that people learn and absorb information. Some people are auditory, they like to hear it. Some people are visual, they like to see or read it. Some people like to see some uh, a moving image. So the there's opportunities for pharmacy to produce this content in a number of different ways, uh, grabbing out your smartphone and shooting a video on your smartphone for two minutes about tips for managing condition X or tips for managing hydration in summer for older relatives or whatever the issue is, you could do that very easily on your smartphone, shoot a two minute video. Now it's not going to look like it's been produced by Steven Spielberg, but that's not the point. The point is your knowledge and the information that you're giving to empower your patients to better manage an element of healthcare. Putting that out on social media on a really hot day, saying maybe your mum's at home and you're worried about her, she doesn't have air conditioning, these are the kind of tips that you can uh, undertake to keep her hydrated. And you might even mention something like, uh, I don't know, do you mind if I mention brand names? Like you might mention something mm. like hydrolyte or something yep. in your in your video. Um, it's a quick and easy way to put something out. You can make a little bit of a joke about it or or use your personality. And you know, you might think it's impossible that something about keeping someone hydrated on a hot day would go viral or people would watch it. But people do want to watch things like that. People are worried about how they uh, you know how they manage uh, elderly relatives or how they look after their kids when it's cold or hot or whatever it is. They're just really basic, uh, simple messages of day-to-day health management. And sometimes I think the health system, and and I'm not talking specifically about pharmacy here, I'm talking about the, the whole of the system, overcomplicates things. By doing a couple of small little things like jumping on and saying, hey, yes, it's cold today, but why don't you go out and go for a walk around the park to warm up instead of putting your heating up another three degrees? You know, that's, another, that's a, a positive health message, and that's positioning pharmacy as... Uh, as a, uh, an, a conduit that wants to keep pa- patients and people healthy rather than treat them when they're sick. And that's really good positioning, I think. So uh, I take from your message there, Jason, is that it's more about the content rather than the presentation or the technical part of producing the video. It's, it's really getting that in a, in a space that your patients can consume that at the right time as opposed to spending too much time worrying about you know whether whether you've got the right lighting or the right equipment or 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 whether you should even be doing video or you should be leaving that to bigger businesses well i reckon you do have the right equipment if you've got a iphone or an android phone or a windows phone you've got a phone with a camera that can record that's all the equipment you need i reckon mm. you look at some uh, entrepreneurs in america there's a guy by the name of gary vaynerchuk a wine entrepreneur yep. he shoots video on his smartphone in a plane when he's wearing a hoodie and you can barely see his eyes yeah. and the lights are off in the plane and he gets millions of views on YouTube. 
because not 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 because he's shot something where he looks like he's a dark, mysterious person, but because the message is important. And as long as the message gets out, I don't think uh, people are that fussed these days necessarily about things looking super slick. I think that can almost be a detriment to you because you really want to have your personality come through. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think Gary's certainly probably the world's most well-known vlogger or video blogger. Yes. Um, And, uh, you know, that's, you know, a whole other topic as well. And that, uh, you know, there's just so many different extensions of uh, video, audio, text, photo, and how you can, you know, approach your content strategy. And I suppose... I suppose as as you might as you might um, I guess counsel your your clients and disagree with me if I'm if I'm wrong, but it's probably about finding the right medium that resonates best with them to get started and really focus on that. Would you agree? Absolutely. Do things that you're comfortable with. If you're not comfortable being on camera, don't do a video blog. If you're more comfortable writing, set some time aside, or as I said, jot some uh, notes down during your commute. Um, by sort of taking voice notes or whatever, um, and write. Uh, if you're more comfortable being in front of a camera, be in front of a camera. If you're more comfortable recording a couple of sound snippets like uh, like Robert does, then do that. Hmm. Um, do what works for you. And as your confidence grows, and you start to see people engage with your content, and you start to feel uh, more comfortable in how you're doing it, then you know you'll you'll feel more comfortable. You, you'll enjoy it more. And you'll be more willing to do it if you know that you're going to set yourself up that you have to write a ten thousand word post every fortnight, hmm. and you dread it, and you sit down in front of the keyboard and you think, "Oh my God, I've got nine thousand nine hundred ninety-eight words to go." Um, you're never going to succeed if you do it in a way that you enjoy it. If you do it in a way that you love it, and uh, produce content that works for you, then it will work. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, your personality needs to come through. Your patients need, customers need to believe that this has come from you and if you're doing it in a way that's not authentic to you, they'll pick that up very quickly. Yeah. No, absolutely, Jason. And I, I thought at this point we might actually focus on the skeptics that are amongst us. And I know that there will be some, and there and there always will be when we talk about, I guess, the new media and content and why social media. And I, I imagine we will have that. Some of our listeners will be thinking, "Why should I spend time doing this? How is this going to make more money for my business? Mm-hmm. And and why why would I bother?" What, what would you How's it going to make more money for your business? The, the, the difficulty is that your return on investment in social media doesn't come after one day or two weeks. You know, If you go and put an ad on 3AW, it's going to cost you an absolute fortune, but you can probably quite quickly start to see the return on investment. Social media is a very, very, very long game and it requires a lot of patience. Now, uh, if I talk about my own personal situation, I've been blogging about healthcare social media for nearly four years. It's not until this year that I've started getting regular speaking opportunities, that I'm getting the opportunity to be interviewed by guys like you, uh, that I'm getting consulting gigs after having worked in-house for 10 years. Uh, So it's a very slow build. But the issue really is that now this is where people are spending their time. There's more people on Facebook in Australia uh, probably than people who have landlines in their house. Uh, people are watch, spending more time on social media than they are watching television or when they are watching television they're typically doing it with a tablet or a laptop or a phone in their hand 
and they're engaging on social media while they're watching TV. So if you're, there's no point advertising on a billboard in Dandenong mm. in Melbourne if your pharmacy is in Turak in Melbourne. Mm. There's no point. So the point is that I'm trying to make is you've got to spend your time where your customers' eyeballs are, where your customers are engaged. And if they're engaged on Twitter, if they're engaged on Facebook, if they're spending time on Pinterest or on YouTube or uh, Instagram, you've got to be there. If you're not there, someone else will be there, uh, essentially, for want of a better word, poaching your customers. Mm, absolutely. And I, th I don't think we'd be seeing discount TV advertising if everyone's eyeballs were as fixed to TVs anymore. There's, uh, I think, a growing trend of uh, the uh, Gen Alphas where there's quite a number of them that aren't even owning TVs anymore. That's that, right. Um, they're focusing more on what's, what social content they can consume, be it YouTube or, or, other, or other platforms. And, um, you know, it, 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 again, like you said, it's got to be where the eyeballs are. So for pharmacy, and again, as a starting point into social media, what would you say, you know, if your pharmacy owners just scrapped whatever they've done in social media now and thought, well, okay, we're going to get started in social media, where would be the first place to start for them, do you think? Two avenues I would suggest would be, first of all, Facebook. I think that Facebook is hard to get your head around. I, I actually honestly believe that it's a lot trickier than something like LinkedIn or Twitter, but from the point of view of how uh, Facebook's uh, algorithms work in terms of how, how people see content and where content's promoted and not promoted, and it's, I believe, harder to organically build your audience on Facebook than it is, for example, on Twitter. Um, on Twitter, I've been able to hit, I think it's around 3,000-odd uh, followers in, in, a, in a couple of years. On Facebook, it's taken me more than a year to get to 50 followers. Now, I realize that I might sound like I'm shooting myself in the mm. foot uh, as a social media so-called expert, but um, Facebook is a closed network. So if people aren't putting, uh, if, if people who are engaging with you aren't pushing their content out to their own followers, then your content's not going to be seen. Um, so where would I spend time? I would spend time on things like YouTube, Mm -hmm. uh, because it, it creates uh, that platform that we were talking about for engaging content, content that is visual, or a podcast alternative or a sound alternative to that. So I think you're active on SoundCloud, aren't you? So, you know, a platform like that. Yeah. Um, Pinterest, I'd be very, very much focusing my time on Pinterest. It's a visual-focused uh, social media platform. It's the, I believe, the fastest-growing social media platform in history. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of mums from the point of view of you know who's the influential purchaser of healthcare services, it's mums. There are a lot of mums on Pinterest. They've got a very high female skewed audience. So I'd be putting uh, messages out on there around things like uh, perhaps some of the ancillary services that pharmacy offer in, in terms of, um, of uh, beauty products, uh, lifestyle products. I'd be reaching out to uh, tools that are very visual again like Instagram. So there are different places that you can uh, be reaching out. And the, the other thing to think about is experiment with this stuff. Go in, have a bit of fun. If something works, then you get a model to follow. Or if there's a particular thought leader or a uh, pharmacy chain perhaps overseas that you admire or something like that, follow what they're doing. And 
you know, there's no, there's nothing wrong with. Uh, I want to use the word copying, and I know mm. that sounds very, uh, very negative, but there's nothing wrong in mirroring what someone else is doing. If you're seeing a pharmacy site, perhaps from overseas, uh, sorry, a pharmacy brand from overseas that has massive levels of engagement and massive numbers of followers, now the market, for example, in somewhere like America or Europe, is much larger than it is here. But if you're seeing them doing uh, bits of content that are getting retweeted or getting shared or getting massive number of likes on Twitter or fo- uh, on uh, sorry on Facebook, try and ape that and try and and create content similar to that for your pharmacy and see if that works. It's very iterative, and and I think uh, pharmacists are are by and large very smart people, and they understand how um, how how to how to tack their messages to what the uh, their patient group needs. And I think you'll find very quickly that you'll start to understand how each of these platforms work, and they each do have their own nuances. But if you don't get in, roll up your sleeves, muck about, you won't learn it. Mm, no, absolutely, and I don't, and I don't think there's any one platform that acts prescriptively, and that you must use it a particular way. And no. uh, and look, I, I guess the the, the critical uh, patient subgroup for most pharmacies is you know your 45, 49, maybe maybe slightly older, um, middle aged um, men and women um, who have chronic health conditions. Um, yes. What where do you see like in that particular subgroup? Because we've covered quite a number of platforms and we may have some listeners scratching their heads thinking how do i keep up with this but yes. if you could think of one i guess my most critical platform for that that subgroup and you know particularly for that age group um would it still be facebook i think so at this point in time uh, as much as honestly i'm not a huge fan of facebook one of the reasons that i've already outlined uh going back to what i said earlier you've got to go where the eyeballs are and that's where people are at the moment um, so I would be, I'd be trying to get my head around, or spend some time getting my head around that, yeah. and maybe, maybe use Facebook as your as your final platform. And what I mean by that is, perhaps do your experimentation on Twitter or YouTube or or Instagram, and if something kicks off there, then adapt that for Facebook. Yeah. Um, and and because you've already had a, a, a proven ground or a testing ground somewhere else, and then see how that works in Facebook. Absolutely, and and from what from what I keep hearing, it is very much a pay to play um, platform now. Um, so Facebook, if you, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you do have a page and you do want to reach a wider audience, there's some great customizations or custom audiences that you can use. Um, that's only something that I'm just starting to get my head around now, where you can specifically target um, certain areas and demographics and ages, but. You do need to pay, but again, when we're thinking about paying in our businesses for advertising, you know, we may still have some listeners on on the line today who maybe think maybe still spending several thousand dollars with yellow pages and not getting any return on investment. Right. So, you know, certainly using things like Facebook advertising, which is done generally on a on a per click basis, um, you know, it would still be more economical and more targeted than a yellow pages ad. Would you agree? A lot more targeted. <clears throat> excuse me. A lot more targeted. And you think about. Uh, I, I'm sure a lot of pharmacies would be advertising in their local uh, leader newspaper or whatever the equivalent is in your area. Now I've done some work with clients before who've advertised in those newspapers. It's very expensive, uh, and your your return on that investment is almost negligible. And furthermore to that, there's no way to track it. At least if you're advertising on Facebook or if you're advertising. Um, 
in a, in a social media platform, you get very detailed analytics behind that that say who's clicking on your ad, what time of day they're clicking on the ad. You can do, uh, I know we don't have time to go into this, but the idea of A-B testing from the point of view of one message for one cohort and one message for another cohort and see whether which message resonates more strongly with people in terms of click-throughs. Um, you know, you've got much better uh, ways of determining what's effective and what's working, whether your investment is generating a return uh, than you do if you if you put an ad in the in the leader magazine or you buy a, a billboard or something like that. You've got no way of measuring that at all. Oh, absolutely. And our, and our listeners are all business owners. You know, we, right. we understand that, you know, you're not going to be able to manage what you can't measure. Um, and certainly, you know, digital digital marketing gives us that advantage where traditional media would be very, very difficult, um, and and it's often been likened to that scatter, scattergun approach. So, yeah, no, look, ab- absolutely. And, and and Jason, I thought would we just touch on at the end um, that you do you do work with some health innovation companies, and quite often they can be uh, younger ones. And I know that in the pharmacy space, you've worked with uh, one of our previous guests, Josh Swinnerton from uh, Med Advisor, and also, right. and also one that may be familiar to us as uh, Alan Sheffield and the Genes FX Group, but are there any other, I guess, new and innovative health companies that you're working with or seeing that um, you know could be benefiting our pharmacy owners, uh, um, you know, in the not too distant future? <coughs> Excuse me, sorry about that. That's okay. Sorry, I've just uh, I've just lost my uh, lost my thing. There's a, there's a very active uh, space growing in, in Australia in, in the health startup uh, community, and there's a lot of people who are. are picking off lots of different challenges around diabetes, around, um, you've mentioned MedAdvisor and GenesFX. Uh, there's some that are built, coming through in the mental health space and I think pharmacy is gonna play a much bigger role uh, in mental health going forward as well. So I would, a really great way for people to keep an eye out, I think, on, on some of these emerging uh, companies and emerging technologies. Do you mind if I mention some particular websites no no no, um, no that's fine so so there's obviously uh, a great a great uh, place to start is right here where you're listening to this podcast yeah. um, but also there's a, a website called startupsmart.com.au which uh, reports on on startups in Australia they often cover uh, healthcare companies that are up and coming there's a lot of stuff that's happening around the diagnostic testing space a lot of stuff that's happening around the medication reminder and medication management space and physical activity space. Uh, there's a company by the name of Care Monkey, which is out of yeah. Australia that creates an, a, created an app uh, where you can share information, for example, for your child. You can share information with your, with your child's school, with any close friends if they're going, if you if your child has a chronic condition like asthma yeah. and they're going to stay we're, with we're, a, a family for a couple of days. We actually we like actually that. actually featured it just after CBIT um, on this show. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so, had- there's a lot, a lot of those kind of uh, options. There's there's a really interesting company in Melbourne called Stetho Cloud, uh, which uh, participated in the uh, Microsoft Innovation Challenge a couple of years ago. They've built a a stethoscope that plugs into a pharmacy, sorry, into a smartphone, not into a pharmacy, <laughs> <laughs> a stethoscope that plugs into a smartphone that can detect uh, irregular breath sounds. So there are a lot of these sort of little niche bits and bobs coming up around the place for medication management, uh, for uh, determining the best way for you to take medications, uh, reminders, 
um, all these kind of little tools that are coming through that I think it's worth uh, pharmacies keeping a tab on just to show that show your customers that you are aware of the trends, you are aware of the tools that they're using and you want to actually partner with them to make these tools work for them uh, as opposed to appearing to perhaps be uh, threatened or, or concerned about the tools taking away from the role of the pharmacist. I think in, in pharmacy probably more so than any other area of healthcare, a lot of these tools can be brought into the conversation uh, as a way of, of uh, adding value and support to your patients. Absolutely. And we've spoken a lot on this show about wearable devices and uh, yes. particularly with some of our industry leaders that pharmacy has a great role to play in educating uh, patients on how to use those wearable wearables and also be able to actually manage the data that comes away from it so that they do have, I guess, a trusted advisor around what to do with that data and how to actually process as to what's relevant. And so, turn that data into actionable knowledge that can benefit them every day so yeah that's abs right. absolutely that's the big challenge with wearables as, uh, as you're saying you know they, they started off i guess as a bit of an oddity and becoming a bit more of a fashion statement uh more than anything else but you know uh i'm, I'm i've got a fitbit so you know I, i'm trying to pull out those kind of bits of data to improve my health care and, and it's good to have somebody to touch base with and i think Pharmacists have a, a pretty holistic view of your health. Uh, they're aware of your medications. They're aware of any chronic conditions you have. They're aware of any health challenges you have. And they will have more time than a GP, for example, to, to discuss some of these things with you. So that's a good starting point. Absolutely. And Jason, I'll finish with my favorite question, which is always, uh, what would you see at the moment be the biggest game-changing technology that if uh, time and resources were no barrier, what, what would you love to see being invented right now and perhaps even being used in pharmacies? Not necessarily what I would see being invented, but I think something like Google Glass is really going to be a massive game-changer in healthcare. Uh, from the point of view of... Uh, facial recognition technology, so there are companies who are building medical, um, uh, sorry, I've just, medical records that are, are accessible via Google Glass, so a doctor or a pharmacist will actually just look at a patient's face and the photo recognition software will just bring up that person's medical record, so you'll immediately know what medications they're taking or whether they have high blood pressure or those kind of things. So I think that's going to be a massive game changer and the wearable side, which we've you know, touched on quickly is also going to be a massive game changer and big data um, and I think pharmacy is in an amazing position to be collecting data and who who's interested in data, the people that are interested in, in data around healthcare are health insurers, governments, pharmaceutical companies in terms of the people who produce medicines uh, and they're going to be looking for cheap, quick, mass ways that they can gather large amounts of data and I think that's a really good opportunity for pharmacy. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And I, th I think we've always been <clears throat> activated in that role of collecting information through PBS Online and obviously yes. now through... Uh through um, the ERX gateways and MediSecure gateways. And so the foundations are definitely there. I just think that we need to be, as pharmacists, be data-minded and also be able to recognise that our patients carry around these amazing 
tools like blood glucometers that ca carry all of their blood glucose information we, and we actually as health professionals have an ability to translate that for them and yes. just to get started on that journey so I, I think we've, we've uh, probably going to open a big can there uh, if, if we go down that path but I think it's certainly laden with opportunity absolutely. Jason, been great having you on. Having you on, uh, look, it's uh, we've covered so much today. I think our pharmacy owners really should get a good understanding as to, I guess, where content can position their business and also how they can distribute that and leverage it through the growing and burgeoning power of social media and uh, obviously some nice new t new companies and tools to look out for. So we hope hope uh, obviously you've enjoyed it and uh, we look forward I to have. having you back in the uh, not too distant future. Thanks so much, Robert, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity and happy for people to reach out to me. Do you mind if I quickly mention my Twitter? Yeah, absolutely. handle is at uh, Healthy Startups. That's healthy with S-T-A-R-T-U-P-S. Or you can find me online at www.healthystartups.com. And very happy to uh, do similar work to Robert in terms of promoting innovators in pharmacy. Fantastic. Great. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. Cheers. Well, what a jam-packed interview we had today. Jam-packed full of strategy, content, and I reckon a number of tools that we all as pharmacy owners could be embracing today to better manage our marketing mix in our business and make more sense to our patients as well. We started off by talking about how do we get through the noise? There's just so much out there. And we really needed to, needed to focus on, I guess, what's going to make the biggest difference for our pharmacies and not just general businesses, but what we can focus on now and how we can easily implement that in our business. My three key learnings. One, which is my favorite, helpful content. I hear a lot from Tim Reid and the Small Business Big Marketing Show, which I'm a big fan of. And also from Jason today about providing our patients with helpful content. We need to understand their needs and why they're coming to us and what they're trying to get done. We focused on a specific example of a mum who may be looking after the entire family from the little kids to the big kids to even their older parents as well and what challenges they may be facing on a cold wintry day as opposed to just saying it's a cold wintry day, let's get some cold and flu medication. We need to make it relevant to them and that's what I think we need to do. We need to decide what our niche is and what we're going to be known for and what we can help our patients with most and play to our strengths. So number one is about helpful content. Number two is about how we can generate content and how it doesn't have to take a whole lot of time. We don't need to dedicate hours or days in each week into generating content. We spoke about towards the end as to what content will do for your business and whether you can get a tangible return on investment from your investment of time and effort into social media. And what you are really doing is making yourself known in the world's biggest search engine and this is where our world is searching for answers on Google. If you don't have good quality helpful content Simply, you don't rank well on Google. There are a number of different services that will say that if you start a website, they'll get you ranked number one on Google, but nothing does it easier and simpler by just simply generating helpful and relevant content. So, developing that is really about what works for you and how you can actually do that and what time you have available, whether that is just the ride to work, 
whether it may be if you get the train on a commute and maybe just lodging your thoughts in a little notepad. Evernote is a great tool for capturing information and ideas that you may have. And whilst you may think, I don't have time to write a 300-word article each week, you don't have to. If you get your key messages right, you can give that to a pharmacy assistant of yours who may have great linguistic skills, good writing skills, good communication skills. And so long as you get your message right and what you're wanting to communicate, you've given them a great grounding to make sure they represent you and your business extremely well. Number three is about doing what works for you. If if you're an auditory person, you love to listen and learn, Do that if that's most comfortable for you. If you love recording videos, home videos, and you love being in front of the camera yourself, it's a great tool. I encourage it, and certainly Jason encourages it because it creates engaging content. It doesn't need to be perfect, guys. We don't need to be having Hollywood studios in the back of our pharmacies to be able to do video well. We've got all the tools that we need. I've spoken so many times on this show about what the power is of these smartphones that we carry around. And the iPhone 5S is a fantastic high-definition video camera, and I challenge you to find a better one that actually fits in your pocket, but even one that's also one might be an SLR-type camera. It's quite comparable to that. It doesn't need to be perfect. You just need to worry about creating the engaging content. And that's about being authentic with yourself and also with your patients in really focusing on whatever it is that you do, whether it be recording a podcast like me, doing videos, posting blogs, is really just trying to keep your editorial mission in mind. My editorial mission in this podcast show is helping you as motivated pharmacy owners to find the education around what technology is available and so you can understand the true purpose and how that can be applied in your business and you can see some great world examples of how that's applied and you can learn from a practical and a theoretical level. That's what I want to produce for you guys. And from your point of view, you need to decide what your patients need to learn about and how you can help them. Every pharmacy is different, but no one knows your patients and your business better than you do. Well, much like our interview today, hopefully this episode has been packed with helpful content to help you build that smarter, more successful 21st century business. I'd love you to leave me some feedback as to whether you found it all relevant and whether you've been able to implement some of that into your business. We now have a home at robertstar.com where you can do that, Uh, but also I'd love as many of you to do iTunes reviews for me as well. It helps with my ranking on uh, iTunes and I'd love to be able to rank high on that. Uh, So I'd be thoroughly appreciate if you could do that. And if you want to drop me a question as well, I'm very happy to answer that in next week's show. So I look forward to seeing as many of you physically or virtually next week, because no matter where you are in the world, you can get to pharmacy freedom next week. I look forward to speaking to you again next week with a post pharmacy freedom update next Friday. Have a great week.